Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio Spain edition. I'm here with my good friend Janice Mason-Steves in a small Spanish village, uh, Castrilla de los Polvatares. And we've been here two weeks already. Yes, it's you been... said that very well, by the way. I have oh, thank you. We, we have been practicing on the Polvatares part. <laughs> so, um, yes, and after two weeks, I, c I could say the name of the village. So, um, we got here after a bit of wandering. We were very briefly in Madrid and and two, two days in Lyon. Yes. Uh, and then we got a car. So we rented a car there and we drove over here. And this is uh, more or less in northern western Spain, not clear to the coast. And um, so we've had a car. We've been exploring a little and trying to figure out or trying figure out what this place is about, really, and to experience it and to learn about it and the surrounding area. And it's been really great. So this little village is like walking into a movie set of a medieval uh, <laughs> movie, right? It's um, there's cobblestone streets and and buildings all made of stone, and the whole the whole thing is really like uh, like you're in a whole different world. Yeah, and um, this is part of the Camino, but it's. Um, Slight, like, removed from the Camino. So there's a little sidebar kind of thing from the Camino. When you walk, this, the, the retreat center we're staying in is about halfway along the road. It's this very small village of a hundred people. And so, and there's, um, green vines around the doorway and a sign that says Flores del Camino and big arched, arched green doors. And you walk through the doors into this, a gallery of the Bertrand and Bashar, both artists. And then behind that, it opens up into a courtyard that's stone and, and open to the sky. And uh, then uh, the living spaces go off that courtyard. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, and then there's a pergola or a sitting area at the yeah. back that's covered. Yeah. It's really, really charming. And we'll put some photos on the Facebook page so you can see they've had it, uh, They've had it about five years now and did a lot of renovation with it to realize their dream of having a retreat center where they can teach workshops and provide hospitality for the pilgrims walking the Camino. And um, within the village, uh, as Jan said, it's, it's a very, um, I guess, a harmonious appearance to the village. It's all made out of a, a same kind of iron-rich uh, quartzite stone. So there's this continuity that's just lovely and tile roofs. It's a historically protected village, so there's no antennas, there's no big signs. Uh, the only people that can have cars inside the village are people that live there. So everybody else parks on the edge of town. And the only commerce, there really are some restaurants and a couple of hotels. Yeah, And people come here on the weekends to in uh, droves yes they come in droves Bus loads. <laughs> <laughs> to have uh, meals but otherwise it's pretty quiet very quiet yeah so um it's really been a very peaceful place to be and to work because we've been painting and we've been exploring a little bit as i said with a car uh this uh, peaceful period ends tomorrow when <laughs> 
uh, our students arrive for a workshop for one week. And although we will continue to promote the idea of, of um, peacefulness and meditation as part of our workshop. Yes. Because the whole area just seems to support that. It's it very does. contemplative kind of atmosphere. Well, and also the owners of the B&B, um, Basha Goodwin and Bertrand Gambrowski, they, they have committed themselves to, they're both artists and they've committed themselves to the Camino, to serving the Camino. But their work is also about the Camino. It's about, um, they do stained glass windows that are inspired from churches on the Camino and the rose windows of the churches on the Camino. They do um, sacred uh, geometry, like drawings and paintings that are related to the um uh, well, as you explained, it was not only nature, the sacred geometry, like the the universal right. geography, that's not geography, geometry of nature, but also that's included in all of the churches. Yes, that, it's it's not uh, exclusive to any one faith or no. uh, any one culture, really. Some no. of these designs happen cross-culturally. Yeah, they and, do. Uh, so she's, uh, they both are very interested in that and explore that in their work. And they give workshops and talks about it. In fact, they're going to give one to our students too, which is really great. Um, when we decided to do a workshop here, this was a while ago and we were, I was out in New Mexico for the winter. So you came out to see me yes. and we sat down with some plans. We thought, well, okay, we're going to, we're going to map this all out here, what we're going to do with our students and we're sitting in New Mexico trying to imagine a place in Spain and what we're going to do there. And as with anywhere, when you actually get there, it's, it's going to be different, but uh, we, we felt like we wanted to get started someplace and where we started and where we finished are really different. <laughs> so we started with the idea of, Oh, just kind of a regular workshop. We're going to talk about color and value and things like that. And then it's, uh, that didn't last very long. We kind of no. said, no, yes. wait, 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 wait. These are, these are advanced students. And so let's, um, challenge them more on a conceptual level. Let's challenge their ability to take something from the landscape and process it and create abstraction. So we, we sat there in New Mexico and came up with certain exercises and things that we wanted to do with them. And we wrote it all out, and we tweaked that quite a bit. Actually, that went back and we forth. We did. <laughs> we did. We were, we spent a lot of time on this lesson <laughs> we, plan. So then we get here, and um, the whole thing got to a toss out the window, <laughs> pretty much. And it was it was a very organic process. We'd say, "Oh, we should include this," or "Oh, we just discovered that." And one of the big things that that came up was. Uh, Basha works with earth pigments. She works with dirt from the ground. She works with ground up stones. And so one of the first days she started telling us about this, right? Well, she took us out to see Santa Martina. Yes. Uh, the, uh, this remote little church, little chapel, basically. 
and um, uh, you know, and so it walked us across this little rickety. We went across this rickety bridge, and or and sort of walking along the edge of the river. She said, "Oh, you know, look for stones. Like they're sandstones, really. Mm-hmm. Sand, that would crumble. That would crumble." And and so we were not sure what we were looking for, but did find some. And then um, also, she had some red earth here in the. Uh, in her studio. And so we started then, like, I w- became, like, sort of, like, obsessed. obsessed. <laughs> we both said the same word at the same pound, time. Pound, yeah, pound, Pounding the <laughs> rocks into pigment. It was just like... I think uh, you pounded that entire day after we got back. <laughs> I think so, too. I didn't even have any strain in my arm or shoulder. I was having so much fun. Anyway, all we kept... Uh, we packaged all the different mm. colors, the... There's every, well, not every conceivable color, but there are certainly a lot of red earth and there's shades of the red and then there's orange and then there's yellow and then there's um, kind of like a beigey, creamy white color. And then Bertrand had that <sighs> stuff that was almost gray. He, yeah, he we, some- yeah, when we passed some gray hill. So when we've been driving, we've been noticing the most beautiful um, colors of uh, earth. Yeah, uh, and they're especially along the roadways where we're going 120 kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> right, we can't so, actually stop to collect it. We we found a few good places that we could pull over and um, collect dirt or rocks, and so we've both been using the pigments in our work over the past couple of weeks in different ways. Um, so, Jan, tell tell us what you've been doing with it. Oh, it's, I've just been exploring, really, really playing with it and using it. So I had some, um, gesso that I mixed as a binder with it. And, um, um, so you, you know, we, so we ground the pigments down into somewhat fine, you know, not the same fineness as you would make in a pit tube of pigment but certainly it can you can get it quite fine and then mixing that with a gesso and then with a latex primer and um i'm scraping it on with a, with a spatula kind of tool and i'm adding it on with brushes and and um well, I'm just exploring They're all over rich, the place. Very rich surfaces. Rich, rich, beautiful surfaces. <clears throat> um, sometimes very, very thick and textural that you can, that probably want to crumble off in your hands. And other times you can mix it with other things that'll make it be. Like, I'm, one thing I've found, I've read in a book that Basha has about making, um, binders for pigment is, um, beating up egg whites and then letting it sit overnight to take the foam off and then using the bit, the wet stuff, whites that are underneath and mixing that with pigment, which provides a whole other surface. Yeah, yeah, I want to try that one. So the way I've been using it is, um, oh, I have mixed it with egg yolk, like egg tempera, with gel medium and with this latex stuff from the hardware store. And but using it kind of thinly, like um, putting some down and then pulling it over with a squeegee, and because of the particulate nature of this stuff, it collects along the edges of each uh, brush stroke or squeegee stroke. Stroke, and and then going back into that with a graphite or pencil and things. So it's been some really luminous um, layered effects. So we're both using it really differently, but enjoying it very much. And it's something 
that as we were planning our workshop, we said, okay, definitely, this is very interesting. So we're going to devote some time uh, to that with the students and was never, ever part of the agenda to begin with. No, we didn't even know about it or think about it. But the thing is, I, I guess it's all part of the exploration of going somewhere. And we had we had the privilege of being here long enough to start to pick up on some things that would we can do here that we couldn't do anywhere else right. or that would be special to the area. And it's I think it's kind of funny because we had an exercise in mind of color mixing and we were going to have the students go out with gouache or watercolor or whatever and try to capture the colors of the landscape. Right. And now they are literally picking up the colors of the landscape. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's really kind of a fun transformation, I think. It um, is. And the other thing I think we are taking advantage uh, with the students of the knowledge and generosity of Basha and Bertrand because they're going to give several different talks to the students about the area. And that's part of abstracting from a place is knowing knowing something about it. Um, it's not only what you see or what you experience in your senses, but also your background knowledge about a place can really influence your work. So one of the talks is going to be about petroglyphs that are nearby, one about the Camino, and one about the sacred geometry, which we've already mentioned. So the petroglyphs were are quite something and we've uh, we've been twice and yes and we went twice we went once at midday when the sun was pretty well overhead and you couldn't actually very clearly you could see that there was some um, you know that there'd been engravings that there'd been you, you know but but you you couldn't see exactly what they were and then we went again uh, early in the morning like right soon after sunrise really and the the sun was raking across the surface of the petroglyphs and you could it was amazing how clearly they turned they they came up and so one of them is uh, a Minoan labyrinth, you know, not not detailed like the chart labyrinth, but the very simple um, Cretan Minoan uh, labyrinth uh, that seems to be then, it seems to be a universal symbol mm. as well with being here and in Crete yeah. at a similar time. And I think the the experience of the petroglyphs is another example of how Actually, being in a place is so different than because we had seen photographs of them and actually kind of thought, mm, well, we'll try to maybe we'll get over there, but it wasn't it wasn't very compelling. Yeah. yeah. And um, but to go there and see them in the landscape, in the beautiful surrounding mountains and the quiet of the place, and you know, it was all it's all adds to the experience of of being there. Absolutely, and as well being on the Camino. I mean, being. Right present on the Camino and staying in the retreat center of people that are so dedicated to the Camino. Right. I mean, they're not just running a restaurant, they're running, no. they're doing their own sacred art and selling that and also providing um, accommodation and dinners for the pilgrims. And the pilgrims, they don't know when the pilgrims are going to come by. Maybe every day, maybe there'll mm -hmm. be a group, maybe there'll be Nothing, but they have to sort of be prepared to serve the 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 pilgrims. And um, I'm just so I'm really I feel the 
I feel the power of the Camino here mm -hmm. because uh, not only being on the Camino and pilgrims passing through, but uh, but Basha and Bertrand serving the pilgrims yeah. and so and making it be such a big part of their lives. It's it it really it affects me and it affects my work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's another aspect of being here that we didn't. I think you uh, appreciated it probably. You knew more about the Camino before you came. Um, but for me, being it, it's been really interesting and, and powerful, really, to see what goes on with the Camino. And I had a friend who walked it a few years ago, so I did know it is this long, ancient trail that goes across northern Spain and starts in France, actually. There's different branches in different countries, but this is the Camino de Santiago, and it's 500 miles. And these pe people that are walking it are doing it for weeks and weeks, five to six weeks usually, I think, to do the whole thing. Yeah. And so they, when they come here, they have completed about two-thirds of the trip on foot. And they're carrying, most of them are carrying their stuff on their back. And they have been through a physical challenge with the mountains in the beginning. About the first third is very uh, hard work. The middle third is flatter, but possibly more contemplative. It seems to be a time when things come up and people's uh, thoughts and emotions. There's not much to look at, I guess. They're just no, it's the plane. It's their flat. They're walking yeah. through flat ground for days. Meseta, it's called. And then um, at the end, uh, this where we are here is is at the sort of the threshold of the last third which is uh, traditionally thought of as being the most spiritual part of the trip. You've Your body has been conditioned, you've worked through emotions and things, and it's kind of a letting go uh, to finish this Camino. So um, these are all things I didn't know about it, about it at all. I just, um, I had, you know, kind of some idea. But, but seeing every day, being out, seeing people walking every day, no matter where we go around here, they're out there. And people of people doing it for different reasons, for um, personal reasons. We we saw uh, we met with a group of veterans from the U.S. who were suffering from post traumatic stress disorder, and they were traveling with a priest. And it was a very spiritual um, connection for them. And there are people that perhaps are not as in touch with that, but they just they just really want a, a long walk in nature, and people do it for different reasons. But we've been able to talk to some of the people, the pilgrims, uh, at dinner or something, and it's really interesting um, to hear their stories and what they're doing here. So absolutely a huge part of this experience, and, and one that we will share with the students because we're going to actually walk... <laughs> Like maybe half a mile on the Camino. <laughs> and Basha and Bertrand have each walked the Camino. Basha many times yeah. has walked it. And, and so you, they... you hear that from people that they've done it more than once. Yeah. And it's amazing. So when, when the students are here, we're going to go out for a day trip and we will visit the petroglyphs and we will walk a short way on the Camino. And the, I'm looking forward to that. Um, oh, and we will also collect dirt. We will also collect dirt. Yes, this <laughs> so is such an important part of the is. day. It is, and there's so there's these interesting aspects that you know we've learned about since we've been here that we're incorporating, and I think it's kind of a, in terms of travel in general, I think it's just so interesting. You never, 
you never know. You know, you, you plan things, what you're going to do, and you get somewhere and you just live day to day and you take it in and you respond or you say, you say yes to things. If yeah. somebody says, do you want to do this? You say yes. And one of the things we said yes to was a friend invited us to visit her on the coast of, in, in northern Spain and, and Galicia. Before we go into that, though, I want to just make the point about the fact that the Camino is about the, is about spirit. And well, pilgrimage is about spirit connecting heaven and earth or spirit and body. Um, and so, we are actually physically doing that kind of thing here in this spiritual place and and actually connecting through actually handling dirt right, right. in our work in our hands you know mm -hmm. grinding up the pigments it's a way of, it's an amazing way of of connecting spirit and matter right spirit and body yeah. that you we're physically working with the pigments I just wanted to make that point yeah. because it's there's like an important piece it of is. this workshop. It is. it is. And I I think we we were we are, we were interested in incorporating a certain type of spirituality into this workshop, not anything uh to do with any one religion or spiritual practice, but the general sense of reverence for this area and for nature and, and the kind of things you were talking about yeah. just now. And it will be, it seems, it seems just integral to the place. So I but think it's it, like, it's like we absolutely have to. Yeah, we, I mean, the way yeah. that Basha and Bertrand are committed to the Camino, not, not only in their artwork, but in their whole being. Then yeah. I, I, I find that so inspirational myself. It really is. It's, it's been, yeah, to be surrounded by that is amazing. So, so how our artwork is affected by this, we're kind of not knowing, right? Like, Right, and that's one of the things with a workshop about place, which this is. We know that a time in a place is somewhat limited, so the encouragement of experience and then bringing home memories, bringing home visual notes and things are is kind of the essence of we're not really expecting great works of art and finished, complete, no. evolved things happening here. It's more being open to experience. Yeah. And, and Maybe packing a bit of dirt home in our suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so one of the experiences we had, which was really, uh, I think, probably affecting my work a lot, is we went to the, Sp the Spanish coast in Galicia, and we were invited up there for the weekend, and... We went to this beach that was on, it's, I really don't even have words for it. I'll put a few pictures of it up. It was otherworldly in its beauty. It was beauty. totally otherworldly. I mean, it was absolutely breathtaking. Oh, and it was so, the shapes of the rocks and the colors and the, everything. I just felt like I was in a dream when I was there. Well, it was almost like you wanted to eat the landscape with your camera. <laughs> Which like, you kind of did. We, we, we were kind of doing that, yeah. So, um, and I, I kind of mentioned that as just like being open when you travel. People ask you to do things. It's so good to say yes if you can, even if it ends up being something like, mm, maybe I shouldn't have done that. You still, it's that openness. It's that willingness to try things that I think makes travel so rich. And whether you're going to a workshop or just traveling, it's, it's just, um, 
opening yourself up to being part of what's going on, I guess. So, um, so uh, I guess to kind of wrap up a little bit here, our students arrive tomorrow. Yes. And um, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it quite a bit. Yes. We've been here long enough to get a sense of the place. And to we're also on Spanish time, so we may yeah. just go and rest <laughs> That's while right. they work. It's um, starting at ten and <laughs> ending at two. Yeah, they're, they're, it's another thing we've kind of opened up to. Right? <laughs> There's a slow sort of rhythm here sometimes, and everything kind of stops in the middle of the day. And yeah. and we do. We're having a really long lunch break, so that's yeah. part of it. And then kind of going into the evening more and yeah. and eating late. Yeah. It's all part of the the rhythm of life here, and and so. We have, I, mean, I think we've got a really interesting workshop planned that is very exciting, I think. Yeah. That is about the earth. It's about Please. collecting earth and working with earth. It's about listening to talks by um, Bertrand and about and Basha and learning more about the mm-hmm. area and learn and more about the Camino and about the petroglyphs. Yeah. It's, it's, and then taking a day out to go and do some of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. seeing the sightseeing i just think the whole thing is really exciting it is and and we're also planning every day to meet we only have eight students which was by design we could have had yes we had a lot of people interested but there would in have been a lot of room for more tables no, no, but really we, we limited it yeah we did because we we wanted it to be quite personal and every day we have a time planned for different things that we do as a group and one of them is just discussing how the day went, what what thoughts came up and things, which often I think gets passed over in a regular workshop, kind of a a, a summing up or a, a, a you know processing opening, processing the the day, right? Um, and and I hope that the group uh, adapts to this kind of rhythm and just kind of it's almost more like we're facilitating, yeah, than really teaching. Although we are doing some teaching, right. but it's a, it's almost like uh, we're working with the landscape too. Yeah, and before we um, before we leave, I just want to mention that this workshop is kind of a prototype for a very exciting project that you're launching. And maybe just tell us about that very briefly. Um, what is called and what you have in mind for the future. So I'm, uh, I'm, my program is, is called Workshops in Wild Places, and I developed it after, uh, Rebecca and I decided to teach again in, in, uh, New Mexico, and that didn't work out, and so I ended up starting to research places all over the world and find remote places where we could, where I could have workshops and connect, the focus being a connection with the land. And so, well, well, the, well, the general attitude toward the world is that it's, you know, the environmental problem, the climate change, all the issues that are going on in the world related to climate change or related to environment. So I wanted to develop something that was more positive, a more positive in a, such a small way. I realized that, but it's really, it's trying to, um, you know, have people think in a loving way about the earth. And so the workshops are in remote places where, um, you can walk right out into the land and, um, we'll be doing different exercises about connecting with the land. And then you come inside and work, try, you know, aim to translate that into abstraction. Yeah. And so it's called, uh, 
Workshops in wild places. Workshops in wild places. The website is still being developed. Yes, it's, but people can uh, email you or something if yes. they're interested. And workshops are planned right now in, in Scotland, which is one I'm participating in. Um, <clears throat> Mongolia. Yes. And um, what Tofino, are the other- BC. Storm watching uh, in Tofino, BC, in November of 2019. Tofino is located on the far west coast of British Columbia of Canada, and uh, one in the forest, deep in an old growth forest in Nova Scotia, Canada, and um, Newfoundland. I've got that coming up for next June, and um, one other. Oh no, Mongolia and Scotland. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Two others. So there's five planned altogether. Yeah. And more to be um, yeah. developed as we go. And I, I find it so exciting that you've followed your passion on this. You just got excited about it and you just started researching it. And pretty soon it just evolved into this really great idea. And you've had a really good response. So I've had a great response. Yeah. yeah. The first one out is Newfoundland and it's full and it's got a waiting list. And the second one, Rebecca and I are going to be putting out that registration probably within the next month. And and we do have a pretty long list of people, but yeah. if anyone else is interested, I yeah. guess they could contact us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I guess that about wraps it up. And um, we're going to uh, go back now and get ready for our students to arrive. And probably have a nap. And lunch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise. <laughs>